how many of you had somebody shake your hand and kind of felt like they were lying the way they said how wonderful you looked and how blessed the day is and thank you for being here. But how many of you felt those words? Weren't they great? Oh my goodness, I kept coming in and out every door. And I only got two of those tickets each time for the grill. Um, I cannot imagine that a man of God just now would say that he was a cheater. Anyway. uh, But after my message, being Father's Day, I'm going to just tell you up front, I I felt bad about doing this, but I'm going to have the dads are so special. I'm going to have all them leave um, just before the drawing. No, they wouldn't let me do that. Um, I am not Jeff. And he is not me. He's happier about that situation than I am. I, I, watch him on, I watch him and I see him and I know him. And I just want to be like him. He seems to handle everything so well. I told him once, that's why you have no friends. We don't like you, many of us, because you are so perfect. (laughs) I love your pastor. I hope he is being filled and refreshed right now. Give a hand right now for the shepherd God has has sent you. (laughs) My name is Bill Sanders, and I am delighted to be with you. I love TVC. I love this place. I do. And it's because of the people, okay? Uh, I made my living for 35 years speaking in schools to kids. And I would quite often hear kids say something like, uh, this school's no good. This school isn't friendly. This school is a terrible place. I go, you know, you really can't say that. Because this school is made up of brick and carpet and glass. And, and you can't even say that everybody's against me here. A lot of kids are being bullied. And that's a terrible thing that's going on. We have to defend them and we have to help the person that's passing on the pain to heal. But I would say to them, this school's what you make it. And you know what? Life is kind of what we make it too. But we make life for other people by our words. You're in a, a series called Stranger Things. And today we're going to look at a couple of opposites. Raise versus raise. R-A-I-S-E. We're going to look at how we raise people up with our words. Or R-A-Z-E. How we burn people down or tear them down with our words. Raise your hands if you know that our words are very powerful. Raise your hands if... Any of you have ever, okay, not personally, of course. Okay, let's make it easier to raise your hand on this one. How many of you know of neighbors that sometimes don't use their words properly? (laughs) I wish I uh, didn't have that problem. I have a little problem. It's called, uh, I I like to speak, (laughs) you know, what I'm thinking about. And uh, how many of you know that that's not really good sometimes? (laughs) Yes, yes. My motto in life is I may be going in the wrong direction, but I'm usually making pretty good time. (laughs) 
I actually did that once. I was heading to a school in Missouri, and I remember I was on the right highway. I got up extra early. It was an hour and a half drive, and after driving for 45 minutes, um, this was before GPS, and I'm looking at my map, and I was still on the right highway, but I was going in the wrong direction. (laughs) So instead of an hour and a half away, now I'm two and a half hours away. And I called the principal, and he wasn't impressed with my cute little line, I'm going in the wrong direction, but I'm making good time. (laughs) We had to back up the whole day, okay? But today we're talking about our words and how our words lift up or tear people down. How many of you know that there's two types of people in this world? One type brightens up a room when they come in. We're not going to talk about the other type, (laughs) but we don't want to be the other type that brightens up a room because we leave. Our words are so very powerful. We all grew up with a little ditty. Sticks and stones might break my bones, but words will never. How many of you know that that's a lie? (laughs) Words hurt. I tell kids when I was in schools, words hurt much more than sticks and stones in this school. I can prove it. I've been in this school for a half hour. I can't find one stick or stone. How are you going to get hurt if there's no sticks or stones? But words hurt, words heal, and that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, our words can be simple little things, and just the way we kind of phrase them. A friend of mine used to say, and I love it, I actually did this yesterday morning when I got up, same words, different meaning. When you wake up, you could have said a couple of words like, good Lord, it's morning, Much better to say, good morning, Lord. And it's all in what you choose to do. Our words come from right in our heart, how we feel. You know, there's times in our lives, we've all been there, I have too, where we're not feeling real good. I had a stroke three years ago, and after that, I lost my eyesight for a while. It came back. Thank you, Jesus. But after that, oh yeah, thank you. But after that, a month later, not knowing what was coming, I went into a nine-month depression, fear of people. I couldn't leave my house for a long time, couldn't leave my room for a week. I actually wondered if I was ever going to smile again. And then a friend met me for lunch, and he got me laughing in the parking lot. I will never forget that spot in that parking lot. I should just go stand there sometime. Except the traffic is coming through. So I I don't do that. (laughs) But I remember it. Um, How many of you are wondering this morning, not even barely knowing me, that I I should have taken my medication? (laughs) (laughs) That's the way I feel, too. But I just feel so loved in this place, I can be silly. And I didn't think I could be silly for a long time. But anyway, I have no idea what I was even telling you that story for. (laughs) How many of you wonder how Jeff chooses what speakers he... (laughs) There's got to be a system there or something. I don't know what it is, but uh, I think he could have rethought this one. Anyway, uh, our words are so important. Like this one guy, his buddy said... You know, he was having trouble with his wife. He said, well, when's the last time you told her you loved her? He said, I told her when we were married. If things change, I'll let her know. 
That's not good enough, fellas. <laughs> oh, words are so, so, so important. We are known by our, our words. The Bible says that a tree is known by its fruit. You look at what's on the end of a tree, what leaf or what fruit, and you can tell what kind of tree it is. We are known by what's on the end. Our fingers, our eyes, that's how we help people. That's how we look at people. And our words, how we speak to people. You know, you can meet somebody for the first or third or fiftieth time. You might never remember what they were wearing, not know how smart they are, but we all know how they made us feel, don't we? And I want each one of us to be the kind of people that vow today to only be people that uplift others and make them feel good. One, one, of, the, one of the biggest things going on today in TV, in social media, everywhere, are put-downs, sarcasm. I had a wise man tell me once, he said, you know what sarcasm usually is, or what it really is? And usually, mostly adults use it. I said, what? He said, anger with a smile. And he said, do you know that children feel fear when adults around them use sarcastic phrases? They don't know what it means, really. But in their heart, they know it's not good. Our words are very, very powerful. I found a, a poem the other day, and it challenged me called The Choice. I watched some men tearing a building down, a group of men in my hometown. With a heave and a hoe and a mighty yell, they swung the ball and a side wall fell. I said to the foreman, are these men skilled? The type you'd hire if you had to build? He smiled, laughed, and said, no, indeed, a common laborer is all I need. We can tear down in a day or two what it took a builder years to do. So I, as I turned, I shook my head. I knew there was truth in what he said. Which of these roles, and I thought to myself as I walked away, which of these roles am I going to play? Am I a builder as I work with care, measuring life by the rule and square? Am I shaping my deeds to a well-laid plan, carefully doing the best I can? Or am I a wrecker as I walk through town, content with the labor of tearing down? I don't want any of us to be content with the labor of tearing down. You know, our words, I was thinking about this, and our words, like our actions, can either lift people up or tear them down. And then I thought, they can also be neutral. But really, if somebody's neutral and they don't care, they're not trying to impart pain, it kind of tears us down. We've all had people say, and we've all said something like, hey, how you doing? And then walk away without really asking or wondering, how you doing? I've had about four people today already ask me, because I've been here since my stroke, and I've mentioned it, and looked me right in the eye, how are you doing, really? And I knew they meant it, and oh, it just warmed, warmed my heart. So words can lift up and tear down. I had a situation a few years ago that happened just like that. 
I had cut my hair really short, okay? Now, I'm probably the only speaker you will ever have up on this stage, maybe the only person you will know or, or, or meet that cuts his own hair with a flow bead. <laughs> These were advertised back in the 20s, I think. Anyway, uh, we plug it into a vacuum cleaner, and we cut our hair, okay? All right? And uh, sometimes it looks like we cut our hair. Well, that time it really did. And I had long hair, and then I was off for a few months in the summer, so I cut it real short. It like way too. It looked. We had a dog once that looked like that. We called it Mange. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Anyway, that day, can't do anything about it. My grandson was over. His name is Hayden. He was seven. We were just rehearsing. They're talking about this uh, with, his, with his sister a couple days ago. And I asked Hayden, Does, did Grandpa cut his hair too short? He looked at me. But he didn't say a word. <laughs> How many of you have had times in your past when you wish you wouldn't have said a word? Me too. <laughs> the next morning I went to church. Holly and I snuck in the back, the back pew. We didn't want anybody to see me. One of my buddies saw me and with a nice little loving, proving his friendship whisper that you could only hear 12 rows back and 12 rows front. He said, what'd you do? Join the Marines? Thank you very much. Then I went home, and Kaylee was there, my granddaughter, three years younger than Hayden. We figured it out a couple of days ago. Hayden was about seven. She was about four. And this little girl is an angel. I always knew it. But I said, Kaylee, did Grandpa cut his hair too short? She said, it's growing. How many of you wish you were that wise? <laughs> Me too. I don't know of another human being that could say those perfect words. You know what? No matter what somebody's situation, if we will ask it, God will give us the perfect words. He really will. All we have to do is ask. I mentioned bullying. There's so much bullying going on anymore. It's so sad. And online, because we feel like we're kind of... Uh, you know, out of, we're not in person. We can write things as adults when we see someone's comment on social media or whatever, and they're cutting, and they're, let's you and I vow not to be, not to be those people. And you know what? I started thinking about this. Our words, our own words to us, stink quite often. It's called self-talk, how we talk to ourselves. Now, you may not want to admit it, but how many of you know that all of us talk to ourselves? Now, there's no thing to worry about. That's normal unless you start hearing responses. Okay? But we all talk to ourselves. And you know what? Many, all of us at times, many of us are in the habit of talking to ourselves. And it stinks and it's toxic and it's not good. I'm a golfer. I always love to hear how guys talk to themselves when I'm golfing with other guys. I hate this course. I've always hated this course. I never do good at this course. 
hits another bad one. This hole, especially, I never do good on this hole. You know, there's a guy that came out early in the morning. It's a joke. And he came out in the morning because he was sick and tired of his buddies beating him. So he wanted to practice on the water hole so he could hit some over the water hole so he wouldn't goof up again. Almost every time I'm at a water hole or near woods, I hear guys say, I always hit it in the woods. Then he hits it in the woods. I said, have you ever understood why you always hit it in the woods? No, I just always hit it in the woods. I said, why don't you just start saying that you always hit it in the fairway? And you might start hitting it in the fairway. He said, but that would be a lie. I said, no, it's telling the truth in advance. That's all. <laughs> anyway, this guy that went out to the water hole to practice, how many of you thought he, he started a story? He doesn't even know where he's at. This man is totally out of his mind. I am. But anyway, he went out there and so he put up a, a ball. He teed it up, an old ball to practice hitting over the water hole. And he goes, gets ready to hit, and he hears a voice. It was God in the clouds says, Use a new ball. So he puts up a new ball, gets ready to hit it, and then God says, Take a practice swing. So he takes a practice swing, and then God says, Use the old ball. <laughs> Oh, I almost said that actually happened. Anyway, <laughs> our self-talk is terrible sometimes. I can never do this. I'm unlovable. I'm, un I'm, un I'm, un I'm unlucky. I never win anything. You know, the disciples went out. Jesus sent them, 70 of them. And they went out, I think, for 40 days. It's in Luke. I forget how long they went out. But they came back and and... Jesus said, how'd it go? And they said, the demons, we had power over them. We healed people. We spoke it and it came to life. We did miracles. Jesus says, I know, I saw Satan falling with all the good things you were doing. And then Jesus said, don't get excited that you have power over the demons. Don't get excited that you have miraculous powers in my name. That's something to be excited about, don't you think? But he said, don't get excited about that. He said, get excited about one thing, that your names are written in the book of life. Those of us that claim Jesus, those of us that have allowed him to invade our life, and we're trying to live for him, and it's hard, and that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. In fact, it's impossible to live like Jesus without the Holy Spirit. It's Father's Day. Men. We are not, in America, it's just a common thing. Our, our country, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a known thing in our country that men cannot have any woman they want. They're supposed to stay married. It's a known thing, okay? But as a Christian, we can't even look at women with the wrong idea in our mind. Wow! All the rest of them have to do is not act on it. We can't even think about it. Do you know that God judges us on our intentions. The world, we judge each other on our actions. Because when we see somebody's actions, we don't know what their intention was. You see, if somebody accidentally trips me, I can't get mad at him. It was an accident. But if somebody wants to trip me and tries and can't, well, that's, I'm a little ticked off at that one. <laughs> okay? But you know what? God gave us the Holy Spirit so we could do this thing called live the Christian life. 
You and I, as men and women of God, if you have Jesus in your heart, I read this morning in my little quiet time before I came over here, we are to exalt in the fact that we are saved. I don't know what exalt means, but it means you're supposed to be pretty excited. And we need to exalt. So if you have Jesus and you are not claiming that and you're not rehearsing that and saying that, you know, words, the Bible is full of phrases that if we would learn to say them over and over, we would be filled with power. The Lord is my shepherd. I have no wants. These are first person. That's why saying the word is so, so very, very powerful. Uh, we're going to look at some verses today. The first one is your memory verse. Okay? If you are in the part of what you're doing is memorizing verses, this is one of your memory verses. God loves it when we say his word out loud. Together, let's all say this together. Ready? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Only what is helpful for lifting others up according to their needs, that it will help those who listen. The nice thing about your memory verse is uh, you don't have to even do the last, two, the last two sentences on here. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Only what is helpful for lifting others up. You and I have a choice every day on how we talk to people. I have a neighbor boy in our, he lives about five houses down. And when he was in high school, he'd always walk by our house after he got off the bus. And his name is Bradley. Now, Bradley is a gentle soul. He has Down syndrome. I don't think Bradley even knows what the word sarcasm means. I don't think he has it in his DNA to even be mean to somebody with his words. How many of you are able to do that. Me too. Okay. One day I said to Bradley, Bradley, cool jeans, dude. Cool jeans. Thank, thank you, Mr. Sanders. The next day Bradley was walking by. I could tell he was looking for me. So I popped out and I said, hey, Bradley. And he goes, Mr. Sanders. I could tell he'd been thinking about something. I like your clothes. You see, when I said cool jeans to Bradley, he took it as, I like your clothes. Now Bradley's 28. It's 10 years later. I was golfing with Bradley and his dad the other day in an outing where we were all four on the same team doing a scramble. And it's just where you all kind of go together and pull for each other. And I love being with Bradley when he's with his dad. Because whenever his dad's trying to hit and golfers usually are real quiet, Bradley will say right in the backswing, Hit it in the woods, Dad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Keep your head down. He's always telling me that, Bill. Keep your head down, Dad. And whenever they hit it in the water, Bradley and his dad start singing. Splish, splash, I was taking a bath on about a Saturday night. <laughs> you always have a good day when you're golfing with Bradley. But I was golfing with him about a week and a half ago, and one of my shots, I hit a bad shot, and I really wanted it to be good, and out of my mouth popped, dang! Bradley is a gentle soul. He looked right at me and said, Bill, watch your mouth. 
I felt so bad. So after that shot, I went over to him and I said, Bradley, I am so sorry that I said that. I am going to watch my mouth. Thank you very much for that. He goes, take a chill pill, Bill. (laughs) You think he's heard those a few thousand times? But God taught me through Bradley that dang shouldn't even pop out of my mouth. But we're around people all the time, all of us, and they say a whole lot worse than dang. And we become accustomed to it. We become kind of used to it. And to be accepted, we kind of do it. We don't have to anymore, people. No, we don't. Words have great power. We're going to say some verses together. Here's one, everybody. The tongue has the power of life and death. I've had people say things to me that built life in me. How many of you had those people? Before my dad died, I was walking with him, going into the operating room. And it was just 20 steps of a walk. And my dad said the last three words that he ever said to me because he went in a coma the next morning and died a day later. But as we're walking, he looked up. He seemed to sense that he was going to die. And my dad was the thief on the cross. He met Jesus just a year before he died. And as I'm walking with him, I love you, Dad. I love you, son. Excuse me, he said it first. I love you, boy. I love you, Dad. Everything's going to be okay. Promise me you'll take care of your mother. Don't worry, Dad. I'll see you in the morning. Everything's fine. And the last thing he said to me was, Don't ever stop telling those kids about Jesus. I'm so blessed that those were the words that my dad gave me. Those might not be the words your dad gave you. Those aren't the words that I gave my kids all the time. That's why I had to learn some other words like, please forgive me. It's easier for me to be a jerk than a loving dad. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. And my kids would say it over and over. You know how many times you've asked for forgiveness for this same thing? And I said, I'm going to keep on doing it because this is new to me. I don't want to be the person between you and God. We're the loving, we're the uh, blessed parents to be able to have adopted our children. We call adoption the loving option. We adopted Emily when she was five months old and Crystal and Brandon when they were two. And we had a chance to meet Crystal and Brandon's birth mom and dad. And Crystal and mom, their birth dad, Doug, saved my life one day. We had the greatest day golfing ever the day before Crystal got married. And we were both golfing, and we had just met a month or two before that. Anyway, we were on the golf course, and we just got along so good. And we were, he was thanking me for letting him be back in his daughter's life. I was telling him things about the kids that... Uh, that you know came from him the actions and the love in them because comes from the parents you know and so we just were getting it and all through the golf match we'd yell at each other i hear your daughter's getting married tomorrow hey i hear your daughter's getting married tomorrow well after the match it was the night before then there's a rehearsal dinner and as might have happened once or twice in my life we were i was running late (laughs) from the golf course Crystal called me. Where are you, Dad? I said, it's not my fault. Blame it on your father. Talk to him. (laughs) Anyway, Doug saved my life one day. Shortly after that, we were at lunch. 
And I knew how much he really wished he would have been able to raise his own kids. But it was so tough at the time that out of love they gave them up for adoption. And that day at lunch, Doug knew what I was feeling. And he said, by the way, Bill, God's made it very clear to me that he had my kids, our kids, in the right house with the right dad. He saved my life with that sentence. Just a few words. We've each, we've each saved lives. That's for God being able to touch a heart to say that. Thank you. You know what? Maybe some of us need to say the words, I forgive you. Those would be life-saving words too, wouldn't they? Yeah. Here's another one. Let's say it together. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Let's just say that first part, everybody. Here we go. The soothing tongue is a tree of life. Wow. We have words that each one of us own, and we need to give them away, and we can be a tree of life to somebody. Here's another one. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. Kaylee was so wise when she said, it's growing. We need to make our words be such that they heal. They heal. I love what Abraham Lincoln used to say, never ever write a letter in anger. He said, I've written many, and I've even added to them, but I always rip them up. I was very foolish one time, and I wrote an angry letter to my best friend from high school when we were adults after going on a vacation with him. If you want to stay friends, there's a little tip for you. Don't go on vacation together. Don't go into business together. Don't build anything together. My friend Steve saved my life when I apologized and begged for forgiveness later. And he said, it's been forgiven and forgotten. Don't ever worry about it again. Words of healing. Words of healing that just mean everything to us. Whoever would foster love covers over an affair. But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. My friend Daryl Scott, his daughter, was the first student to die at Columbine. I ended up spending five years with him, working for him. I wrote a program about her life, and then people all over the world are saying it to high schools and middle schools and elementaries. It's called Rachel's Challenge. How many of you have ever heard of it? It's in schools everywhere. Anyway, so I'm working for Daryl. He's my boss. We're friends, too. And every time I would text him or write him, I would just write the word Daryl, you know. And I had no idea how I was spelling it. Sometimes it was D-A-R-E-L. Sometimes it was D-A-R-E-L-L. Sometimes it was D-A-R-R-E-L. It just, that's just, really? That's why I tell Holly all the time, do you think I could have ever been an accountant? She says, no, they like things to add up totally. <laughs> I said, yeah, you're right. I, that's not how I'm wired. Well, after working for Daryl for a year, he writes me this. I was so embarrassed. He said, 
I love working with you. Your spirit is wonderful. We're changing lives, but there's something you're going to have to know if you're going to keep working for me. And I'm just so embarrassed as I'm reading this. He says, you need to learn how to spell my name. And he could tell even through an email how embarrassed I would be. And he showed me the right way. And then he says, don't worry about it. I was 22 myself before I figured it out. (laughs) Now, he said that so that I would not be embarrassed, okay? He covered up an offense because of love. Here's one. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent. You know, to go through life with fewer regrets, that's my goal. Everybody's going to get old. We're all getting old. But it's our choice if we end up old and miserable. Little question, show of hands. How many of you know someone personally who's old and miserable? No pointing. No. <laughs> you know what? I have no choice or control about getting old. But if I get old and miserable, it's my fault. No one else. Next verse. This is a a verse for all of us. Let's say it together. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. That would be a good prayer for us to pray every morning. What if a family together, parents and kids... Every morning this summer said those words together. Wow, that would be powerful. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. Whenever I have someone about to gossip with me and tell me about somebody I just met, I can tell they're trying to tell me something. I go, stop. If it's not positive, I don't want to hear it. And when anybody starts to really go on and tell, tell me some gossip about somebody as well, I stop them right in the middle of it and I say, Just remember this, I have a great memory, and if I repeat this, I'm going to tell where I heard it. You know what? Let's only use our our mouths uh, for building people up. Here's a prayer for each of us. Let's say it together. May my lips overflow with praise. May my tongue sing of your word. Oh, God loves it when we say his word out loud. Hide God's word in your heart if you want to be somebody that has words to lift up. Memorize the words in the verses that they give you. I love this. I found this a few years ago. It's like the greatest family prayer for for parents or kids. Say it together with me. I will try to walk a blameless path, but how I need your help especially in my own home where I long to act as I should. With God's word in our heart, we have something to live up to. How about this one? Let's say it together. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Hide God's word in your heart. Also, challenge yourself. Let's all vow right now to speak only wholesome words. Today, all the rest of today, nothing that's degrading. Just speak words that lift people up. I was in a school assembly once in North Dakota, and a boy ran out right during my assembly. And 
I didn't know what I had sparked in him. I found out later that he ran to his truck and drove, I think, an hour away where the nearest hospital was. His, his dad was dying of cancer. And I found out that a year before this, they had a fight. And they promised never to talk again. But that boy left that day, drove to his dad in that hospital and said, I'm sorry, I love you. Please forgive me. Let's be friends. And he healed. He healed the situation with a few words. He wasn't even a high school graduate yet. He was about to graduate, but he wasn't. And those words saved that relationship. I thought about it. That dad should have done that. But then God told me, the boy's the one that just heard the message. So he went and acted on it. Maybe you're the boy today. Or the daughter. Or the mom or the dad or the brother or sister. Go act on the words. David, it says, learned to do something that many of us don't know how to do. It says in the Bible that David encouraged himself in the Lord. The word also means strengthened. David and his, he was the head of all the Israel, and they came back after a, a battle, and they had lost the battle. Their town was destroyed. And every, I can't imagine this, it says all of their family members, David and all of his men, were taken hostage. And so they wept. They wept in despair. And then it says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. He didn't pray for God to encourage him. He didn't say, God, take this pain from me. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And David was good at it because he had a good memory for things that God did. Remember when he fought Goliath? Before he did, he said, God, save me from the lion and the bear. This is nothing. David encouraged himself in the Lord. And then he wrote this psalm. It says, magnify the Lord, O my soul. Now, you can't make God any bigger than he is. But guess what? We need to magnify God when our troubles are eating us alive. Let your words lift you up first so you can lift others. And when life surrounds you with pain and torment, magnify the Lord. Magnify God so He is so big and your situation so small. God loves us so much. Do you know that any moment that you and I just take a, a moment to say, God, I love you. Thank you for all you do. For Just that little moment. You know what God does in heaven? I'm pretty sure he goes, shh. It's a summer day. And she's coming to talk to me. It's sunny outside and he's thinking of only me. God loves us, people. Let's realize that and let our words lift people up. Let's go to him in prayer as we close. Father, let the words of our mouth be uplifting words that help others and don't hurt them. Help our words, Lord, and the meditations of our heart today and every day be pleasing to you. Father, we need you so much. Thank you so, so much for loving us 
and for always being there to help us and to forgive us and to hold us. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Give him a hand. God bless you.